This morning we're returning to John's Gospel, and we are finishing our year-long study of John's Gospel. So turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 21. We'll be reading verses 14 to the end of the Gospel. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Now there were also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. This is the word of the Lord. This morning we have come to the end of our year-long study in the Gospel of John. And it's significant that John ends his Gospel with this very personal, very intimate, almost confrontational encounter between the risen Lord Jesus and Peter. And we've seen throughout the gospel, and especially in John's account of the resurrection, chapters 20 and 21, how John wants us to view and understand the resurrection of Jesus in the light of scripture, to recognize the cosmic significance of his resurrection. This is the inauguration of God's work of new creation in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to see this in the context of what God is doing in redemptive history. This is the moment. This is the key moment. Everything turns on this, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So John wants us to see that. He wants us to understand that. 
But also in these accounts of the resurrection, we see a very personal encounter between the risen Lord Jesus Christ and his followers. So in John chapter 20, yes, we see all of the imagery of the Garden of Eden and the fact that Jesus is the gardener and he's now the new Adam and he's the one that's going to make all things new. And yet he meets with Mary, one-on-one. He calls her by name. And then later when he meets his disciples, Thomas isn't there. And so when he appears to them again a week later, he goes to Thomas. He speaks to Thomas. He invites Thomas. Thomas, come. See the the wounds in my hands. Put your hand in my side. And then here at the end of the gospel, we see this personal encounter between Peter and the risen Lord Jesus. And so, yes, John wants us to see the cosmic significance, and he wants us to behold the glory of the Son of God, recognize who Jesus is as the Son of God, as the Christ, recognize the glory of his redemptive work, contemplate his teaching, contemplate his works. But let's remember what John says at the end of chapter 20. This is why he's written the gospel. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by, leave, by, that by believing you may have life in his name. Now notice John's particular concern, that you, you would believe. And that by believing in him, you would have eternal life. And so yes, we can rejoice as we contemplate everything that John shows us concerning the glory of Christ in this gospel. But in the end, this is a personal appeal. This gospel is a personal appeal to you to believe in him and have life in him. And the gospel ends with this personal intimate moment between Peter and the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our Lord examines Peter here. He puts him to the test. Peter had denied him three times. Three times he asks Peter, do you love me? He pushes Peter. He presses Peter. He's putting him to the test. And following each question, he gives him a command. He's calling him. He's commissioning him. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter, I am making you a pastor. And he also reveals to Peter, there's a prophetic word for Peter. He reveals to Peter how Peter will die, and in his death, Peter was crucified. He will glorify God. And at the end of that, after that prophetic word to Peter that he would be crucified, our Lord says to Peter, follow me. Now, as we come to the end of the gospel, we are confronted by the risen Lord Jesus Christ who stands in our midst right now today, and he asks you three times, do you love me? And we need to answer that question this morning. And then he says, having asked us that question, he calls us, follow me. And so this morning, we need to answer that question. Do you love him? And we need to respond to that call, that commandment. Follow me. So we begin with the question. Do you love me? Now this is one of the great themes of the Gospel of John. The theme of love. 
John says in one of his letters that God is love. And probably the most well-known verse of this gospel of John, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. This is a gospel that reveals the love of God, that confronts us with the love of God. It ends with the question, do you love me? Three times. But as we read through the gospel and as John shows forth the Lord Jesus, we don't simply see the love of God in Jesus. It's not simply a manifestation of God's love in the Son of God. We receive God's love in Christ. We know God's love in Christ. And the question at the end of the gospel isn't, have you understood what I'm saying? Do you, un- do you have the right theology? Is your doctrine straight? Do you get that Jesus of Nazareth was the Son of God? Do you understand the significance of the cross and resurrection? Do you understand the nature of God's love, having beheld him in this gospel? No, the question is, do you love him? Do you know his love? Have you received his love? And remember what, we, what John tells us at the beginning of chapter 13, as Jesus sat down at table with his disciples before he stooped down to wash their feet. John says, having loved his own in the world, he loved them to the end. And here we see at the end of the gospel, Jesus' love for Peter. He loved Peter to the end. Now, he puts Peter to the test here. He examines Peter. Peter had denied him three times. He was asked three times by that charcoal fire on the night that Jesus was tried. Are you his disciple? Three times Jesus said, I am not. And the third time he heard that rooster crow and he wept. Well, here on this morning, our Lord makes... A charcoal fire. It was by a charcoal fire that Peter denied his Lord. And now Jesus invites Peter to a charcoal fire. That would have been a painful reminder to Peter of his denial. But remember what we saw last week. Our Lord says to Peter, he says to the disciples, come and have breakfast. He sees there laid out by that charcoal fire fish and bread. So yes, the charcoal fire is a reminder of his denial. But the invitation, come and have breakfast, is an affirmation of Jesus' love for Peter. Come and eat. Let's sit and talk a while. Now this interrogation of Peter is also an expression of Jesus' love for Peter. Peter was deeply wounded, having denied his Lord three times. And our Lord wanted to heal that deep wound. And we're reminded of what what God says through the prophet Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah 8, chapter 11. Here, through the prophet, God is rebuking the leaders of Israel, the priests and the prophets. And he says, they have healed the wound of my people lightly. Saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. Now our Lord has just said to his disciples, peace. Peace be with you. 
He's not saying to them, peace, peace, where there is no peace. Neither will he heal the wound of his disciples lightly. And he's not going to heal Peter's wound lightly. That's a deep wound. You know, sometimes when you go for a massage, those of you that do that, if you've got a particularly tough and deep knot, you know, in your leg or on your back or shoulder, wherever it is, if the masseuse just kind of says, oh, there you go, you know, a little rub on the back, that's not going to do anything for you. But what does the masseuse do? Presses hard, right? Apply that pressure. Dig deep. It hurts. And it heals. And our Lord is not going to heal Peter's wound lightly. It's a deep wound. And our Lord's going to press hard on Peter. And it hurts Peter. He's grieved by it. Even the way that he addresses Peter would have been a rebuke. He says, Simon, son of John. He calls him Simon. Now remember what we read at the beginning of the gospel, how Andrew, how, how, how the Lord confronted Andrew. And Andrew went to his brother Peter and said, Peter, we've seen the Messiah. Come and see him. And then we read in, in John chapter 1, verse 42, how when the Lord, the Lord saw Peter. And that's a wonderful moment. It's a precious moment in the gospel because the word there refers to an intense looking. You know, he grabbed a hold of Peter with his eyes. He saw Peter. And then remember what he said. You are Simon, son of John. That's your name. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter, the rock. You shall be the rock. Now, the fact that Jesus declares it means it's going to happen. Peter's going to be the rock. But he's not the rock yet. And our Lord says here, Simon, son of John. Now, it's not that Peter wasn't trying to be the rock. He was. Think of what we just read last week. When John says, it is the Lord, Peter casts himself out of the, out of the boat. He swims to the shore. He single-handedly draws in that huge net of fish. Peter is striving. He wants to be the rock. Jesus has said, you shall be the rock. And Peter's like, I'm on it. I'm doing it. Hauls out that net of 153 large fish all by himself. But Peter's not going to make himself the rock. God's going to make him the rock. And remember, we saw last week the connection between John 21 and John 6. Because in John 6, God feeds the multitude with fish and bread. And here he feeds his disciples with fish and bread. And remember what Jesus declares at the end of that chapter. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Now Peter's been striving in his own strength. He's been striving in the flesh. When Jesus warned that when the shepherd is struck, the sheep will be scattered, he says, yes, you will betray me, Judas, but you others, you will leave me. And Peter says, no, not me, not me. Everyone else might fall away, not me. And our Lord says, no, Peter, three times you will deny me. And he did. It's a warning to us. If we strive in our own strength, we're going to fall. We're going to fail. Peter failed. And he denied his Lord three times, which is why our Lord examines him and tests him 
and asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? And the third time, Peter was grieved. It hurt. But even here, we are reminded of how our Lord disciplines his people. Think of what the prophet says in Hosea 6, verses 1 and 2. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. He has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. That's what Jesus is doing to Peter right now. He's striking him down. He's hurting him that he may heal him. And Peter recognized the significance of that interrogation because later he would speak of the the various trials that grieve us. This was a trial. Jesus was putting Peter on trial. And when Peter writes the church, he's now a pastor. That's what God has called him to do. That's what Christ called him to do, be a pastor. And as a pastor, he writes this at the beginning of his letter, 1 Peter chapter 1. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you may have been grieved by various trials. This was a trial for Peter. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants Peter to be found. To result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then notice what Peter says next, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. That's what the trial does. It kindles our love. It, It softens our heart. It broadens our heart. Peter knew that. Our Lord is drawing out Peter's love for him in these three questions. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. This is what our Lord is doing to Peter right now. He is testing his faith. He is testing his love. He's proving his faith. He's proving his love. Now, our Lord this morning stands before us. He asks us three times, do you love me? And here you are confronted with the question, what are you doing here? Why did you come here this morning? Now some of you may be here this morning because you're, you're interested in Christianity or you like the idea of Jesus. Some of you may love the, the politics or the ethics of Christianity. Maybe you love the doctrines You love the worldview of Christianity. Maybe you just love the fellowship, the community. These are nice people. I like hanging out with them. Maybe you're attracted to the aesthetics of the church. You know, the music, the the spirituality, the prayers, the tradition there. Maybe you think that in Christianity there's a purpose, there's a meaning. I like what these people stand for. But our Lord asks you this morning, do you love me? 
Do you love me? Now, some of you are here, and quite frankly, you love your sin more than you love him. You love your sin more than you love him. And you're holding on to that. Or some of you are here this morning and you love the comforts of life. You love your position in life. You love your reputation more than him. And so our Lord asks you this morning, do you love me? Now notice how Peter answers, yes, Lord. But he doesn't just simply say, yes, Lord, I love you. Three times he doesn't say, yes, Lord, I love you. Three times he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know, Lord. You know. The Lord knows. He knows your heart. He knows whether you love him or not. He knows why you're here this morning. And I can't help but think of the Lord's rebuke to the church in Ephesus, which we read in Revelation chapter 2. And let's remember that this very John who wrote this gospel was the pastor of that church in Ephesus. His church. The beloved disciple. The disciple that wrote a gospel which puts on display God's love. The disciple that at the end of his gospel invites every one of us, having read the gospel, and asks us, do you love him? And here is the word of Jesus to that church, John's church. I know your works. Now he commends them. I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance. How you cannot bear with those who are evil. You have have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. And found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. And you have not grown weary. Well, that's all good. I would hope he can say the same of us here. You guys are going through a lot. You're persevering. You've taken a stand. That's good. You've got good doctrine. You're believing the right things. You test the teachings. You're sticking to the word of God. All good. But verse 4, and think of how this would have pained John to write this down and send it off to Ephesus. I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. The Lord doesn't care that we have right doctrine if we don't love him. He doesn't care that we took a stand for COVID if we don't love him. Who cares? And woe is me and woe are we if our Lord says to us, this one thing I have against you, you've left me. You don't love me. Now, with each question, Jesus examines Peter, and he, he, he gives him three commands. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. And yes, we may answer the Lord this morning. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. And he knows our hearts. But our love for him is proven by our service. He calls us to serve him. He saved us to serve him. Here he calls Peter to serve him. Peter, I'm calling you. I'm commissioning you to pastor. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Now remember how John 6 ends. 
It's the spirit that gives life. My words are spirit and truth. My words are spirit and truth. And when many left our Lord, he turned to the disciples and he said, Will you leave me also? And remember what Peter said, Lord, to whom should we go? You have the words of eternal life. And now our Lord says to Peter, Now you go and shepherd my people, tend them, feed them. Feed them with what? My words. It's my words that nourish. It's my words that give life. You will be a minister of my word. You will tend my flock, care for them, lead them according to my word. And notice what he says. My, my sheep, my sheep, my sheep. They're mine. They're not yours. And it's my word, not yours. Now, we're not all called to what Peter is called to here, but whatever our calling, we remember it's his. You're his. It's his word. It's his work. It's all his. And then we have this prophetic word. Yes, three questions, three commands, but then he says this to Peter. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. Peter, look at you. just cast yourself out of the boat. You dressed yourself there. Swam ashore, hauled in that net. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Now John tells us this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Peter was crucified. When our Lord says your hands will be stretched out, he means they will be stretched out and nailed to a wooden cross, Peter. You're, old, you're young now, you're strong, you can haul out a big net of fish. But that's Simon that does that. I've called you to be Peter. And you will be the rock when you are nailed to a wooden cross and dropped in the ground and you hang there and die. That's when you'll be the rock. Now that's a reminder to us. What does it mean that that we are those that the Lord calls and in a sense we're all living stones as Peter says. He's a stone, but we're all living stones. Let's beware that we are not drawing on our own resources, our own strength, a certain confidence in ourselves, we're the rock, we're the rock. The Lord makes us the rock. And our strength is often manifest, in fact, it is manifest, as Paul well knew, through our weakness, through our suffering. Paul says, we and the other apostles are always carrying around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifest. Peter was crucified, and in his crucifixion, God was glorified. And after saying that, Peter, I'm calling you to be a pastor, and as a pastor, you are going to be crucified. After saying that, he says, follow me. This is the path I have for you. Follow me. And the Lord asks us a question this morning. Do you love me? But he also commands us, follow me. And so we may say to him three three times, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he does know. But then he says to you and he says to me, follow me. And Jesus' call to follow him is a call to surrender. And it means, as it meant for Peter, it means for each one of us, it means denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following him.
Now, this doesn't mean that we simply, it's not some act of renunciation or self-denial for its own sake. It doesn't mean we're committed to a cause or a movement because he says, follow me. It's him. We follow him. And at the end of John's gospel, we know who he is. John has shown us who he is. He's the one who bore our sin and our shame on the cross. He's the one that bore God's judgment for our sin, God's wrath for our sin on the cross. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the bridegroom. Remember John the Baptist in John chapter 3? I delight to hear the voice of the bridegroom, his voice. And he gives the spirit without measure. He is the bread of life. He is the true vine. He's the light of the world. He's the good shepherd. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he says to you this morning, follow me. And he says to you, just as he said to Peter, it's not a general call out there. Hey, sign up at the welcome desk. Maybe put your name down there. No. He says, you follow me. He calls you by name. The good shepherd knows you by name. He calls you. He leads you out. And that's why John ends his gospel on that very personal, intimate note. He calls you by name. Now, Peter's been restored. He's been recalled. And no sooner is there this restoration. And he looks over at John, the beloved disciple following And after that, that very painful restoration and the Lord pressing in and the Lord restoring him and the Lord calling him. In that moment, he looks over at John, well, what about him? I find that kind of funny and reassuring. Like, really, Peter? (laughs) But it's so true, that's all of us. What about him? What's going to happen to him? What's his calling? And our Lord says, if, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what's it to you? What's it to you? You follow me. Now let's be honest for a moment. Some of you may have been sitting here thinking like, oh, that guy really needs to hear this sermon. I know that. So and so, I'm not sure about their love for Jesus. I'm glad they're hearing this right now. What's it to you? You follow me, Jesus says. And as Peter follows him, he becomes Peter. Simon becomes Peter. And as you follow the Lord Jesus, he changes you. And you become, day by day, from one degree of glory to another, the man, the woman, that he has saved you to be. There's a transformation. As we follow him, as we abide in his love, as we keep his word, as we keep our eyes fixed on him, but the second we take our eyes off and say, oh, what about that person, that person? 
It's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to be envious of what's happening with other people. And I know we all know this, but social media is steroids for what about him? What about her? Like steroids. It's like I only have a little bit of envy. Instagram, boom, envy. So let's not, like, what's it to you, Jesus says, follow me, you follow me. Now, our Lord asks us these questions this morning three times. Do you love me? And he says, follow me. And every Sunday, we respond to the word of God by coming to the Lord's table. We say, I love you. I love you. And, we, and, and here's how I show I love you. I'm com- I want to come to your table. I want to eat with you. And when he says, follow me, we say, yes. I want to follow you. I'm going to follow you. Not in my own strength. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh is no help at all. But we say, yes, I'm a follower. I, will, I want to follow you. And we come to this table. And we receive bread, his body given for us. And this cup, his blood shed for us and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And every Sunday when we come to this table, we, we hear that question, do you love me? And we hear that call, follow me. So let's come to this table now. And as we come, let's answer that question. Do you love me? And let's heed that call. Follow me.